This is issue one of Paradigm Academy, Misguided Youth. On the cover, a replica of the movie poster for The Breakfast Club, with Cece dressed as the jock, Charlie dressed as the criminal, Michael dressed as the brain, Quinn dressed as the basket case, and Hamilton dressed as the princess. In the background, a figure wearing high-tech medieval armor looms over our heroes. The tagline reads, The first time they met, it changed their lives forever. Our first panel sees a large crack forming in a sidewalk on the city streets of Zenith Bay. There are people shouting and screaming as a large armored figure in what looks like high-tech medieval armor steps forward and thrusts a shield out and shouts, I am the Iron Enforcer. I protect this neighborhood. Stand down. We then pan over to a teenage girl. Caitlin, why don't you describe what Cece looks like? So Cece is average height. She is currently in like a full silver bodysuit with like coral pink gloves that go up to her elbows, uh, boots that go up to her knees. And there's a hood that goes over her uh, head so you can't see her hair at all. And half of her face is covered with a silver mask. You can see no identifying marks on her and she prefers to keep it that way. Just to give you a little bit of backstory, prior to the events of what that are currently going on, you were simply minding your own business walking through downtown Zenith Bay, through a predominantly non-powered neighborhood, and you were accosted by this armored individual who a a accused you of being a threat to the civilians of this area, just because of your appearance and your obvious powered abilities. Well, I'm going to show him a threat. So he, uh, like, slammed his shield into the ground, right? Uh-huh. Intravenous just goes, like, you, you get that, like, one panel of her, like, standing there looking, and then the next panel is, like, that movement blur as her fist pounds into the shield. Let's do an engage. That is a nine. Directly engage a threat on a seven to nine. Choose one. Resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, create an opportunity for your allies, which you don't have at the moment, or impress, surprise, or frighten the op opposition. She's foolhardy, so let's go with impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. So tell me how you do it. How do you, how do you impress, surprise, or frighten them? As, like, Cece's fist slams into the um, shield, we see, like, a little bit of almost, like, light that barely gets through her gloves, and there's, like, just a shockwave sound impact that is much louder than, you know, a 16-year-old relatively normal build looking girl should be able to um, summon up and a crack forms in the shield. Not enough to break it, but there's a noticeable crack there. You feel the Iron Enforcer recoil from your blow. And as we see that panel, uh, we, we see another panel of the shield cracked again, and then the shield begins to knit itself back together. And you hear laughter. <laughs> Puny child, you cannot stand against the Iron Enforcer. And then we cut away to another panel. This one with the clear onomatopoeia of eh, 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 as an alarm is going off, and we see a different Cece, this one in civilian clothing, laying in her bed in the dormitory at Paradigm Academy. 
So now we uh, see that uh, Cece has stark white hair. She's Caucasian, but on her exposed skin, you can see this um, extra layer of silver veins that are like in her skin. And that light that you saw from her fist earlier kind of just travels throughout her skin. As her hand almost slams down on her alarm clock, she like stops for a second and then very lightly taps it. She's already broken three this year. As you as you tap the alarm clock, the uh the the eh, eh, eh ends, and we see some uh, a text bu- italic text bubble of a radio show that's currently going on. You're listening to King Lizard and the Gizzard Wizard in the mornings on WFRK, the Freak. Hey Gizzard, have you heard this joke before? Why did the turkey cross the road? Well, I don't know. Why did the turkey cross the road? To convince him he was a chicken. Duh. Oh, listen, you sure know how to get my gobble. We cut away from the uh, from the alarm clock, and uh, we have kind of a montage, I assume, of Cece getting ready. Yeah, it doesn't take much. She wears, like, sweatpants and a t-shirt and throws her hair up in a messy bun. She has very little effort in her morning routine. As you're about to get to the door, you uh, hear a couple of soft knocks on your door. I open the door. Uh, before you stands a tall Indian woman in kind of a plain, uh, uh, you know, nice casual blouse, blue, light blue, uh, with some jeans. And hovering next to her is like a small disc-shaped, almost like a saucer uh, sort of deal. Uh, you recognize this person as Divya Patel, uh, also known as Technohack. She is uh, kind of a side mentor of yours. She's interested in the in the biotech that they've that the has been implanted in your body, and also uh, you know has proven to be a, a good friend uh, since your time started here at Paradigm Academy. She kind of uh, sheepishly brushes some hair out of her eyes and says, Oh, glad to see you were awake. I was hoping that I wasn't going to be waking you. I just wanted to stop by and run some diagnostics on the node. Cece, like, looks at her phone to check the time. I'm assuming we have enough time. Hey, she's a teacher. If I'm late to class, she'll give me a slip. Uh, sure. She steps into your your dorm room and uh, she says, uh, "All right, Chad, do your work." Um, and there's there's a little uh, editor's note that says, "Chad stands for Computer Hacking uh, Aut- Autonomous Droid." The little the little disc uh, flips flips on its side almost and uh, kind of hovers and attaches itself to the back of your neck. And there's a couple of like little light passes as scans that are going through as uh, Divya pulls out a tablet and looks at it and. The numbers look good. Uh, the nanites don't seem to be causing any added uh, issues. I took the liberty of programming Chad with a couple of new fighting techniques for you, if uh, if you're interested. Yeah, always interested. This tickles. I'm still not used to it. Ch- Chad, be gentle, all right? <laughs> all right. Uh, the fighting styles have been uploaded to the nanites, so... Uh, what what fighting styles did she uh, upload to you? I'll let you decide. I think she's been working with Cece lately on um, getting more kicks into her routine because Cece's just all like, literally will just turn around and punch you in the face type of person. So I think it's kind of, you know, there's like some karate, maybe some Krav Maga, stuff like that. Muay Thai. There we go. Muay Thai. You know, a couple of different fighting styles, but a lot of them are all focused towards getting more like kicks integrated into CC's fighting style. Uh, She finishes the upload. She says, all right, Chad, that's enough. Thanks, Chad. Chad detaches. 
Chad hovers back next to to, to Divya Patel, and she says, "Well, um, have a good day at class. Um, I'll see you tomorrow for more diagnostics." CC just smiles and is like, hm, "Wouldn't expect anything else." So CC makes her way out of her out of the uh, the dorm room and out onto the main campus area, and as she does, we get a kite, we get a tight shot of. Uh, an insect crawling along the sidewalk, and then we cut away back to the street uh, where CC was fighting Iron Enforcer Hamilton. You, how long have you been on uh, this planet? Roughly around two years. You have a pretty decent understanding of the way the law works, of the way that uh, that things uh, work around here, and you're you're familiar with the way law enforcement works on your home world, so. As you are walking down the street, uh, you see what looks clearly to be a law enforcement officer in battle with a very reckless-looking teen. Uh, as I'm going over there to kind of investigate what's going on, I am going to remove... Uh, I have a uh, utility belt that has special sections into it. I'm going to remove one of the uh, the capsules that's inside one of those sections that has a, uh, a little little tiny spider in it. And he just kind of holds it as he's watching. All right, so we so we cut we cut back to uh, CC and the Iron Enforcer. The Iron Enforcer uh, now lashes out, uh, and you watch as he re- he reaches to his hip and grabs what looks like a, a massive iron hilt and pushes a button, and a crackling sword made entirely of lightning appears uh, from the hilt, and he strikes out at CC. I need you to take a powerful blow, please. Seven. On a seven to nine, choose one. You lash out verbally, provoke a teammate to foolhardy action, or take advantage of influence, which doesn't matter at this point because you haven't met yet. Uh, You give ground. Your opposition gets an opportunity. You struggle past the pain. Mark two conditions. I'm going to struggle past the pain and mark two conditions. I think uh, Intravenous is uh, feeling a little insecure right now. Wasn't expecting that a uh, hit back, and probably a little angry because I'm a bull and I'm always angry. As this happens, Hamilton, you see this this very tall, armored individual uh, turn to you and says, "Stand back, civilian. I have this handled." I'm going to uh, open up the capsule and go, "Oh, I'm sorry, Jane, but you got to go." And I pull out the spider and I pop it in my mouth. I crunch down, and as I do, my body starts to starts to quiver and as it quivers the uh extra legs erupt from my back as well as the uh the thorax also starts to sprout and then uh my face starts to morph into that of a of a spider and i go you don't have to pick on beautiful women like that and then i'm gonna start shooting my web to try to uh stick the uh stick him in place Okay, so that sounds that sounds like you're trying to directly engage him. So go ahead and roll to directly engage. That is a four. Ooh, woof. All right, so that, that's a miss. So go ahead and mark potential. So yeah, you shoot your webs at him, and instantaneously he turns and deflects the webs with the uh, with the electric sword, and the webs wrap around the sword. And I don't know if this is how. I mean, obviously. Real webs are made of silk, and they don't conduct electricity, but this is a comic book, so the electrical feedback from the sword travels up the webs and shocks you. I need you to roll to take a powerful blow. Ugh. Ten. 
Uh, on a 10 plus, choose one. You must remove yourself from the situation, flee, pass out, etc. You lose control of yourself and your powers in a uh, terrible way, or you take two options from the 7 to, to, bleh, seven to 9 list. I'm going to uh, to lose control. All right, what does that look like? Tell me, tell me what happens when Insectivore loses control. He becomes uh, an amalgamation of all of his different forms, which is the... Uh, the Hercules beetle, the the tarantula hawk, and the spider, and, and and it starts to starts to take over him these animalistic instincts, and he just just loses control. I mean, he just can't can't handle all of this uh, stimulus from all these different creatures, and everything in his sight needs to be eradicated. So we see Hamilton go through this grotesque. Mutation as he becomes uh, a hybrid of all these insects, and he begins to attack civilians within sight. At that point, we cut away to Hamilton, who is now sitting in the dining hall at Paradigm Academy. And uh, what is Hamilton eating for uh, for breakfast? Uh, he is going to have uh, a bowl of ants. So we see a bowl of ants. Like uh, we, every, uh, there's a couple of panels of like. Spoon in the bowl. Spoon out of the bowl. Ants crawling along Hamilton's hand. Munch, munch, munch. Spoon in the bowl. Spoon out of the bowl. Munch, munch, munch. Uh, and then uh, we cut away to a uh, television that's in the dining hall. And we see a middle-aged man. He's got uh, kind of salt and pepper hair and uh, a goatee. And he is standing there with a woman who is wearing kind of a salmon-colored dress who has blonde hair. And, uh, he says... This is our Richard Reiser reporting from Zenith Bay Memorial Hospital. I'm here with Tatiana Rutten, the president of People Against Powers. Tatiana, can you give us any updates on the condition of Carlo Lutz? Yes, I can, Richard. As you well know, Carlo was also known in his neighborhood as the Iron Enforcer. He took up this mantle in order to protect his friends and family from superpowered individuals that might do them harm. Unfortunately, he suffered a vicious attack from a group of powered teens and still remains in critical condition. We cut away from the television and uh, there is a hand that lands on Hamilton's shoulder. It's big and meaty and we cut to like a panel of an over-the-shoulder shot of Hamilton's face and a, f a, a looming figure uh, and a couple of other people behind him. So I'd like uh, for you guys to tell me what is this? what does this posse of bullies look like? All right, so this lead guy, right, barely has a, a beard because he can grow one. There's definitely, like, a ginger kid behind him that's got, like, sort of longish hair. Uh, he's got, like, fire control powers and a very smarmy face. So he, like, has, like, almost always has, like, not really a fireball in the palm of his hands, but, like, sparks flying up a little bit. There's one guy that has uh, that has a um, a respirator on his face because he has to have a certain chemical when he breathes. He can't have oxygen, so you just hear like brainy from Hey Arnold. <laughs> I love it. There has to be the like one obligatory like skinny white guy that looks vaguely like a bird. And um, then there's Stretchy Boy. He just, he stretches a lot. 
He's usually the one like holding down their victims or holding them in place. Yeah, he he wraps around them like an anaconda. All right, so we get the so we get this this brief panel of seeing all the bullies, and then we and then we uh, see uh, the the word bubble from from the lead bully who says, "Why don't you get out of here, bug boy? You don't belong here." Well, what's what's the what's the bully's name? Bully's name is Brick Brick Housley because he's because he's built like a brick shit house. I'm gonna lean back in my in my seat while I'm eating my ants. Um, I mean, you say that, but I mean, I was told to come here. I mean, how did you get here? I earned my spot here. I'm gonna be a superhero. You're a criminal. You shouldn't be here. I mean, I guess if air quotes, this is my punishment. I have to be better than you, because you earned your spot. Why don't you just go eat your lunch? I'm busy. We kind of see his muscles beginning to bulge Bane style as as he like begins to juice up and he hauls back to punch you and uh, Cece, this is about the time that you walk in. Uh, why don't you roll to defend? Damn straight and now, since Hamilton is my love and my bull's heart move is Defender, do I get a real plus danger? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's how that works. Twelve full hit. Describe for me how you defend Hamilton from this very powerful punch that is coming his way. Like, Brick doesn't even see Cece approaching, and like, as the punch is going in about three inches from Hamilton's face, uh, it just catches in Cece's hand and stops dead as she shoves him back into the crown and says, hey, fuck off. Oh, my Amazon queen, always here when I need you. Beautiful. And as, as Brick and his, and his cronies, uh, begin to scamper off into the crowd of uh, students in the dining hall. We see in the distance some purple constructs that someone or illusions that someone is making. And we cut away. Charlie, you're walking down the street uh, and creating some small illusions in your hand of your own. What uh, what are the illusions that you're making as you're kind of playing around with your powers while you're walking? I think right now she's trying to make her insect illusions even more realistic just because her sister's been annoying her lately and she's like preparing a really mean prank (laughs) okay so you're so you're playing around with these illusions uh when a rampaging mutated bug creature kind of scampers past you followed by a car being thrown in your direction you you manage to dodge out of the way and you see the chaos that is going on here what would you like to do? <laughs> She's definitely keeping an eye on that crazy bug thing because she wants to remember that for later. But I think the first thing she does is um, puts an illusion over herself of just like a costume that she's been kind of playing around with for if this moment would ever arrive for her um, or if she ever started to seek it out. The costume changes basically every battle, but for this one in particular, she's going to have purple hair like dark purple um a little like domino mask and then um she wants to look really cool because this is like her first battle on her own so she has like combat boots and a leather jacket and then um she's going to hamilton right now is 
Oh god, he's going crazy, isn't he? Yeah, he's rampage bug. So I think uh, what she's going to do, she's going to focus on protecting people from his rampage. And she's going to create a whip with her psychic abilities and try to just like grab one of his shifting legs um, and just try to hold him back from people. Let's let's say let's say that's an unleash your powers. That's an eight. An eight. So on a seven to nine, you can either mark a condition or I can tell you how it is unstable or temporary. Let's go with unstable or temporary. Okay, so you create these uh, these uh, kind of mental constructs uh, that look like uh, what do what do they look like? And she was just going for uh, using her psychic weapon in the form of a whip. Currently, whip. Okay, so yeah, you you managed to lasso you managed to lasso uh, rampage bug, and uh, I imagine you probably find a way to secure him in place so that he's not running around anymore. And at this point, uh, the Iron Enforcer sees what you're doing and say and says, "It looks like we've brought some more teenagers to deal with." And he turns and rushes toward you, prepare to take a powerful blow. Another eight. So you can take two conditions. Uh, you can lash out verbally and provoke an ally to foolhardy action. Blah blah blah. Um, I think for this one, I'm going to struggle past the pain and mark two conditions. Um, I'm going to do insecure because I think she she noticed Rampage Bug before Iron Enforcer, so she just didn't like really see this coming um, and doesn't feel good about that. And also angry. Cece, what are you up to? He just he just attacked another random teenager on the street. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really about that. I, I'm not about this. Let's attack random teenagers who are just like living their best lives. Not cool. So I guess I'm just going to charge in like an idiot again. <laughs> All right, roll to directly engage. And we have another nine. I'm going to resist or avoid the blows this time. You lash out and strike in, strike, you actually strike his shoulder pauldron and it begins to spark and flame. And that's about the time that we cut away. So we cut away to a new panel of Charlie, who is sitting on the dock of... Paradigm Academy. Uh, she is currently listening to some music on her phone. What music are you listening to? A lot of Halsey and uh, Dua Lipa. Um, specifically, I'm going to say right now she's listening to IDGAF or I Don't Give a Fuck by Dua Lipa. So you're, li- so you're listening to your music, kind of nodding your head along with the beat, and uh, all of a sudden the music cuts off and we have the onomatopoeia of mm-mm as your phone begins to vibrate, and you see that it is a call from your mom's. A FaceTime call. Uh, okay, I'll answer it. Alright, so, uh, you answered the call, and, uh, why don't you describe to us, uh, what your mom's look like? One of my mom's, uh, Liz, she has, like, shoulder-length brown hair. You wouldn't see it on the FaceTime, but she has, like, a lot of tattoos just all over her body, just not her face. And... Wears a lot of plaid and, like, tank tops and stuff. My other mom, uh, Anna, she has, like, white blonde hair and blue eyes. I, I couldn't remember her eyes for a second. No tattoos. And um, also has short hair. But she always keeps herself very, like, neat 
and like proper, whereas Liz just kind of rolls out of bed and however she looks for the day is how she looks. There's there's like a simultaneous hi honey <laughs> from from both of them as you answer, and uh, then Liz kind of takes over the conversation. She says, "Oh my god, you look amazing. Are you having fun at school?" I guess. Well, what do you mean you guess? Your sister says that you're doing all right. She's been keeping an eye on you. Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. Did you make any new friends? Yeah, I have friends. Well, that that's good. And Anna kind of chimes in. She says, "Come on, Liz. It's it's not that important to have friends. I didn't have a lot of friends when I was growing up. I was fine." And uh, Liz kind of gives her gives her a, a look and says. Well, we just wanted to call and say that we are so proud of you for being at Paradigm Academy, even if it's not under the best circumstances. At least you're there, and you're getting a good education. We just want you to be happy, though. Are are you happy there? Yeah, I'm fine. I have friends, and it's cool. We have, like, a pier with a, well, it's like stores and stuff. It's cool. Oh, all right. We just, we just wanted to check up on you. We miss you. I miss you guys too. We'll we'll stop by soon for a visit, okay? Okay. Love you. <laughs> Love you too. Um, I think she's just gonna go back to listening to her music like basically immediately. But she's like also really annoyed that her sister's like keeping tabs on her and apparently like reporting back to their moms. Um <laughs> so she's planning on how to deal with that. <laughs> Not long after that, we see a panel with a with a couple of shadows looming over you as you're kind of reclined on the on the edge of the docks, and we see CC and Hamilton. How do you do, Charlie? Good. What are you guys up to? Throwing brick around for being a dick. Oh, it was a beautiful sight. <sighs> I wish I was there. You guys need to like call me when you do that. I, I wasn't really planning to. Hammy just keeps picking all these fights. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting down for a healthy bowl of ants when he decided that it was uh, he was going to be mean. And I may have been mean back, which was probably unnecessary, but, you know, never unnecessary with him. A CC has my back. <laughs> but, Charlie, what you and I really need to talk about is the next prank we're pulling off. I have so many ideas. Okay. <laughs> So as you guys start to get into your plans for pranks, there is an explosion of flames from the Echo Caverns. Oh no. Hi, I'm Matt. I, I mean, Rascal King, and this is Squire, my friend and partner who happens to be a raccoon. If you're like me, and I think most people are, you too want to train a wild animal to be your companion and fight crimes with you. And I'm here to tell you about a product to help with just that. The Rascal King patented animal husbandry kit has everything you'll need to win over your local woodland creatures. It's mostly just a bag of marshmallows and some peanuts, and but in a handwritten list of instructions that work for me. But I think it's worth the money. And speaking of money, it can be yours for only two payments of $19.95. Why not just charge one payment of $39.90? I, I don't know, but that's how people in the infomercials do it. So buy your Rascal King patented animal husbandry kit today. I'm Rascal King, and I approve this message.
and we cut away back to two months ago. We see Quinn is currently sitting outside of a cafe. She is sipping on some tea, and there is a large shadow that is looming over her table as uh, as she dives out of the way, and another car comes crashing down into the uh, cafe as she dodges out of the way. Uh, why don't you describe what uh, what Quinn looks like for us? Okay. Uh, out of superhero costume, Quinn is surprisingly average. Pretty much the only distinguishing fe- features are that she has uh, hair covering about half of her face, the right side of her face. Uh, she tends to be very pale, uh, and she has hazel eyes. Uh, she wears an oversized sweaty sweater and uh, just some simple leggings. All right, so uh, you see the chaos that's going on, and there is just insanity as the Iron Enforcer is taking on both uh, Mirage and Intravenous at this point, and Insectivore is currently indisposed as he is wrapped up in the psychic lasso of Mirage uh, and is currently straining against it. What would you like to do? Well, I I don't know anything about... I think any of these people at this point. So uh, I'm going to stay back and I'm going to summon my uh, spectral cats and uh, send them in to fight for me. I feel like I feel like maybe this is like a like a probing thing you're trying to do to to check it out. Maybe you're trying to assess the situation. Am I wrong? I'm trying to stop the fighting as much as possible. I want to find out. Yeah. Figure out like who's the aggressor. And then, like, stop them from aggressing. Okay, so go ahead and roll me assess the situation. Okay, I got a five. Man, this fight is tough to read, but I'm gonna say that it's pretty obvious that the the guy in the suit of armor is is some kind of fascist fuck who is trying to keep uh, powered teens down. Uh, that's pretty obvious from your point of view. So you don't you don't you don't get any extra information, but you know that you know that he is uh, he's the aggressor. I'm going to try to help wrangle Hamilton in because I don't want to get involved in a like not knock down drag out fight because those don't end well for people like me. Sounds like you're going to try to comfort or support Hamilton. I got a seven, though. Somehow. It's a hit. Okay. On a hit, on a hit, they hear you. They mark potential, clear a condition or shift, uh, shift labels if they open up to you. Um, so I will, I will put it this way. Uh, your, your comfort or support hits and Hamilton, like Hamilton's like insectoid rage begins to subside and he watches, he kind of sh- begins to shift back to his normal self. Uh, it is your choice, uh, if you would like to, uh, mark potential or, uh, open up and shift your labels. Think I'm going to shift my labels. I'm going to shift my savior down and my danger up. And I'm just going to look at her and I'm I'm going to start crying a little bit because I am I, I almost started hurting these innocent people. Why would I do that? Why I don't don't hate me. I didn't I didn't mean to do this. Do you understand? Quinn's going to smile, and I'm just going to say, hey, it's okay. Some of us lose control sometimes. It happens. 
And that that sounds like Hamilton is sharing a vulnerability or weakness. Uh, when you share vulnerability or weakness with someone, ask them if they think you're losing or gaining humanity. If they say losing, mark a condition and mark potential. If they say gaining, clear a condition and shift mundane up and any other label down. So Hamilton would look at Quinn. Am I becoming these monsters? Am I, am I losing touch? Well, you're here now. And like I said, all of us have monsters inside, but you learn to live with them and you learn to be better. You learn to be stronger. And that's what you're doing now. That sounds like leaning toward humanity. So my mundane's going to go up and my superior's going to go down. All right. All the, all the, all the label shifts on Hamilton. Oh man, it's only been like 10 minutes. (laughs) All right. Uh, so yeah, you, uh, you have managed to, uh, subside hamilton's insectoid rage we cut back to cc and uh and charlie who are currently locked in combat with uh with the iron enforcer uh what are you guys doing yeah i'm looking at cc because i was wrangling hamilton so i don't know (laughs) i I mean okay well if like Cece's like seen that this crazy like hey don't Cece's in this fight but she also sees this crazy bug thing happening on the side and everyone involved so she's probably trying to like I mean stop this guy from getting over to them as much as possible like okay so he gave me some shit about being a powered teen right she's just gonna try to body check him really like sure this guy's in a huge power suit i can body check him yeah so i guess i'm just directly engaging a threat because that's all i do (laughs) an eight all right pick one can i choose create an opportunity for your allies because i feel like at this point we are all kind of fighting him so and that's what cc was trying to do like get him off balance so that somebody else could come in yeah yeah you, you can do that uh he is he and uh Go ahead, and uh, he is he is going to to lash out at you as well, just unloading on you. Uh, so go ahead and mark uh, mark afraid because I think you're I think you're pretty afraid at this point. Uh, and uh, roll to take a powerful blow. That's a fourteen. <laughs> okay, so uh, lose control of your powers, provoke uh, an ally to foolhardy action. You know what? Let's commit. I'm losing control of my power. This is like legitimately a thing that happens to Cece. Um, because she doesn't have the most control. Um, the nanobots in the veins can decide what the fuck they want to do sometimes. And this is real dumb what she's doing currently. So like, um, Cece gets hit with that blast and like, you see her like start to rear back like she's going to punch again. And then her hand like stops in midair. And it's like, she's just lost control of the arm that drops. And like her body starts moving her backwards against her will. (laughs) All right. Uh, so so as so as CC begins to moonwalk away, um, Charlie, you see an opening. What would you like to do? Okay, so since I guess Hamilton has settled down and I have this opening now, my psychic weapon is going to shift into a flail, and I'm just going to charge and try and smack this thing. 
Okay, that sounds like directly engaging a threat. Wish me luck. That's a four. You ru- you rush forward, and uh, even even with the plus one, uh, that would get you to a five. Um, you have two you have two team in the pool, Hamilton and Quinn. If you guys want to try to try to assist in some way, I can use my uh, my mind blast to kind of help her weapon go where it's needing to go. Okay, and I can launch psychic cats. I can tell my cats to attack uh, the bad guy. Quinn, Quinn has a literal catapult that launches psychic cats. You have no idea. <laughs> I can launch psychic cats. Yeah, that's that's it. They're basically just like flaming jaguars, but they're like psychic. We see the a brief panel of what looks like... Uh, it looks like Mirage is going to miss, and then uh, Insectivore and Calico. Uh, we we see the the psychic assistance on on the an already powerful psychic weapon, and uh, you manage to make contact. Uh, so you get to choose one. Oh, I want to impress, surprise, or frighten. Okay, so tell so tell me how how you do that. Um, I think with like the three of us working together, because like Charlie is a small girl; she's like maybe five one. Five two something like that, so she doesn't look very formidable. But I think with the three of us kind of working together, this hits a lot harder than Iron Enforcer was expecting. So yeah, I want to I want that to do one of those three things. All right, so you so you so you strike him down, and he kind of drops to he drops to one knee and kind of gasps, and he says, "It won't work." All of you powered individuals are going away. It's time for humans to stand. And he stands back up and he says, You're all just a bunch of freaks. Go back to where you came from. And he is attempting to shift all of your labels. Uh, so he is attempting to uh, raise everyone's freak and lower your mundane. Well, I want to reject. Done. I am rejecting that. I'm not going to reject it. Okay. All right. So flat 2d6 for reject. Yep. All right. That's an 11. Okay. On a 10 plus, choose to clear condition or mark potential by immediately acting to prove them wrong. Shift one label up and one label down. Your choice. Cancel their influence and take plus one forward against them. So how would I prove that I am not a freak? By continuing to moonwalk. Oh, wait, that's right. Do I have a... Oh, I do have a minus two to reject what others say. Never mind, so that's actually a nine. Okay, so you get to choose one. Never mind, get to choose one. Okay, well, I'm going to um, shift up my savior and down my Monday. (laughs) I just don't want to be more of a freak. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What about about Charlie? So I'm trying to... he called us freaks and said we weren't... Oh, that's what it was. He said we should go back where we came from. So <laughs> I want to... I don't know if this counts as like immediately acting to prove them wrong, but I think Charlie's just going to look at him and be like, oh god, what's the name of our city again? Zenith Bay? Um, Yeah, so Charlie's just going to look at him and be like, I'm from Zenith Bay, and I'm human. So... Sure, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you get to clear a condition. Uh, yeah. Or mark, or mark potential, your choice. Yeah, I'm gonna get rid of insecure. Okay. 
so as all that as all that is going on uh we cut away uh again through the sparking flames of the suit of iron enforcer and we find calico quinn sitting inside of the echo caverns meditating uh what does what does uh is is quinn still still wearing just normal clothes or has her appearance changed at all uh so i assume that while she's attending school she's wearing her her super suit i guess you would call it her costume okay what does that look like uh it's the same hoodie but completely destroyed by fire so like uh all of the edges of it so like the edges of the sleeves and the hedges of the hem and uh pretty much everything is covered in like soot and it's burned and it's a little frayed the center is like cinched with a belt but she other than that she's still just wearing that leggings and some tennis shoes so you are meditating in in the echo caverns there is a shot of the little waterfall that trickles over the front entrance and it is calm and serene here and then you hear a voice you can't keep me out forever i will find you and you will help me end the world i don't think i will that's all i got sorry i'm not good at this whole like <sighs> resisting the end of the world thing but yeah i'm i'm pretty good at being positive about shit queen you're chosen it is your destiny to do this well you chose wrong you cannot find destiny. You see a figure begin to materialize in front of you. It is a humanoid figure with a jaguar's head shrouded in black flames. It won't be long now, Queen. You cannot fight the inevitable. You don't know what you're talking about. Don't I? I saw what you did to that man. Fine work. You will be a perfect ally. It was an accident. Oh, it was no accident. That was your true nature. And he's attempting to shift your labels. Uh, he wants to shift your danger up and your uh, savior down. I'm going to resist. Okay. Ten! All right, you get to choose two. Clear a condition or mark potential by immediately proving, acting to prove them wrong. Shift one label up and one label down, your choice, or cancel their influence on you and take plus one forward against them. I'm going to uh, reject the influence and, um, what you call it, take one again, take one forward. Okay, so you cancel his influence, take plus one forward, and then you get to choose one more option, because you got a ten. Oh, shit. In that case, I am going to change my labels. Uh, I'm going to raise mundane and lower freak. <sighs> it won't be long now. You can't hide from me forever. I'm not hiding. I'm just also not doing what you want me to do. You can't ignore me! And uh, that's when the kind of spectral visage explodes with flame out the front of the Echo Caverns, and the figure disappears. I'm, I'm going to uh, stand and make my way out of the cavern while just kind of like dusting myself off, and I'm going to say, uh, well, I can't really ignore you when you're throwing a hissy fit like a drama queen. <laughs> Okay, as you are as you are leaving the caverns, uh, you you see Hamilton, uh, Cece, and Charlie are making their way toward the caverns, following that explosive exit from the night sun. Hey, everybody, how are you guys doing? We're good. Are you good? Yep. Because we saw fire, fire, brimstone, explosions. Yeah. Okay, just want to make sure you were good. Yeah, just meditating. Well, that's a weird way to meditate. 
<laughs> Does that happen every time you do that? Does it not happen when you? I mean, I never have. Oh, come on. You, you, you eat a bug and you go into a meditative state, Hammy. I would not call that meditation. I prefer his form of meditation. <laughs> it's fun! I like the effect. I'd rather not eat bugs. There's other ways to get that high. On that note, maybe we should head to class? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, aren't they, like, tracking our phones or something? Who knows if they can listen to them? This is a bad conversation to be having. I bet it doesn't taste as good as my bugs, though. Mm, you'll have to try it. Class. Going to class. <laughs> As the conversation ends, we uh, we see off off panel the onomatopoeia of a dog barking, and we cut back to two months ago, and we see Sparky, a golden retriever who is pulling at his leash, barking at the scene in front of he and his master. Andy, why don't you describe what Michael looks like? Uh, Michael Rook is a blonde boy. He is 15 years old. He's not exactly tall, and I wouldn't describe him as particularly buff, but he's, like, toned. He has sort of shaggy blonde hair. He is currently wearing what is, I guess the best description would be, like, sort of a welder's outfit, but it's bright yellow. He has goggles up on top of his head, uh, as Sparky would be pulling at his leash. He looks down at him and goes, what, what is it, boy? Is it, oh, this is a hero thing. This is a hero thing, isn't it? He, like, bounces up and down on his feet and pulls his goggles down over his eyes, and he just says, let's go, Sparky. All right, the two of you take off down the sidewalk, and it's not long before you find the scene that was that is currently before you as we have, like, an over-the-shoulder uh, from the from the back uh, shot of what is in front of Michael and Sparky. We see the downtown area of zenith bay completely in ruins as a a heavily armored robo fascist is currently trying to keep a bunch of superpowered teens down we see cc is currently straining against the control of the nanobots in her body to get back into the fight we see charlie is currently striking the back of the uh, armored man's kneecap with a uh, with a psychic construct weapon uh, we see Quinn and Hamilton kind of huddled in on the sidelines, uh, attempting to stand up and prepare to join the fight as well. What do you do? We see as Michael, aka Livewire, sort of skids to a halt as this scene is playing out in front of him. I think he is going to take a minute and try to assess the situation, if that's okay, to figure out what's going on. Sure. Go ahead and roll to assess the situation. And Sparky gives me a plus one on that. That is a ten, so you get to ask two questions. What here can what can, here can I use to blank? What here is the biggest threat? What here is the greatest is in the greatest danger? Who here is the most vulnerable to me? And how could we best end this quickly? Okay. I think I'm gonna start off with how could we best end this quickly? You are pretty in tune with electricity. And you see that on the back of this suit, there is what looks like a very, I mean, it's pretty intricate and powerful battery pack. But if you could get to that and try to drain it, that might help. Okay. 
it's probably a fairly obvious answer, but I get a plus one while acting on it if I ask. And maybe I'm missing something. What here is the biggest threat? Definitely, for sure, the Iron Enforcer. I think at that point, Livewire is going to, like, flick his wrists from the uh, sleeves of his suit, unfurl two lengths of chain. Uh, They run up the sleeves of his suit and into the uh, backpack on his back, which has a car battery loaded up inside of it. He flicks a switch and the chains course with electricity. He is going to make the not very intelligent decision to just sort of charge forward and try to help these other, well, these superpower teams because he doesn't actually have any powers. It sounds to me like you're trying to directly engage a threat. I am, yes. Uh, Ideally, he is going to be throwing those electric whips into the battery pack on the back. That is a seven. All right, so resist or avoid their blows, take something from them, create an opportunity for your allies, impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. I think I want to create an opportunity. I feel like Livewire is going to hopefully distract this man in the metallic armor, and that's going to sort of expose that battery pack for somebody else to get a hand on. As you lash out with your with your chains and crack into the battery pack, uh, the housing around it shatters and the battery is exposed. However, there is an immense amount of electrical feedback that runs back up your chains and into your hands. Uh, I need you to roll to take a powerful blow. That's a six. All right, so you stand strong. Mark potential as normal and say how you weather the blow. So I think, like, as the electricity comes back up through the chains, like, we get a close-up shot of the electricity running up through the chains and into Livewire's hands, but he has, like, these very thick, like, welder's gloves on to keep himself from being shocked by his own electricity. I think those just kind of, like, absorb and negate at least the majority of what's coming back at him. You you kind of create that opening. What's uh what's Quinn up to? So I'm gonna say that at this point I probably I'm just going to keep summoning more and more of my like jaguars, like as they're being I assume they're being dissipated by him just like swatting them away. I'm gonna be summoning more and more of them and uh trying my best to like clear people out. Like, hey, people, there's uh uh guy in a robot suit attacking people and like this is a, a full-on fight like you guys should leave that's a, that sounds like a provoke so roll to provoke someone oh i got a nine you are trying to get people to get away and they are definitely listening to you what's hamilton up to we haven't heard from hamilton in a while i am going to i'm assuming that there is a person in this uh in this thing um so Hamilton is going to reach out with his uh, with his senses, and if he can feel a person, he is going to um, try to shatter their mind with his mind blast. Let's uh, let's call that an unleash your powers then. Yeah, that is five. All right, I'm gonna have you mark a mark a condition as you kind of get a bunch of psychic feedback from this uh, armored individual. It kind of backfires on you and almost almost fries your brain, but you manage to stave off uh, being completely hollowed out. Uh, which condition are you marking? 
Uh, I'm going to take Afraid. Afraid, yeah, that sounds uh, appropriate. What is Charlie up to? Okay, I want to try and hit one of those weak spots, like one of the places where it's cracked. Uh, That sounds like a directly engage. That is a seven. All right, even with the plus one forward, it's still an eight. So uh, choose one. Resist or avoid, take something from them, create an opportunity, and press surprise, frighten. Since it looks like he's trying to stay up as long as possible, I'm going to create an opportunity. So yeah, you uh, you take this the the psychic mace and you crack down on him, and he cry he cries out in pain as you as you kind of feel uh you you feel like impact against the physical form beneath the armor now at this point. <laughs> you won't win. I won't let you. And he st- he stands he stands up and you watch as ports on the exterior of his armor begin to open. And several small rockets begin to fire out in all directions. Uh, I need everyone to roll to take a powerful blow. I got a five. I got an eight. I got a six. I got a fourteen. <laughs> I have three conditions <laughs> marked. <laughs> so Michael and and Hamilton, you stand strong, mark potential uh, as normal, and say how you weather the blows. So we'll start. We'll start with those. We'll start with the people who succeeded, or failed, rather. So I think as the rockets are flying out of this uh, robo-fascist, Michael sees them coming at him and he just goes, Oh, beans. He grabs hold of his whips and just starts frantically like whipping at anything coming close to him. He looks very similar to uh, one of those like used car lot tube men. Uh, and just, like, by sheer dumb luck, he's able to basically deflect them away from himself. Alright, what about Hamilton? Um, Hamilton is still wracked in pain from his mind blast, and he is, like, just stepping sporadically and moving in random directions, uh, and so completely, by accident, is dodging all of these missiles because of the pain that he caused himself. I'm going to go with I give ground because I think when Charlie was definitely very confident with like the, you know, try to stop us, bud. And then when the rockets came out, she was like, I'm not built for this. She just kind of like ducked down and tried to um, avoid them as best that she could. Uh, I got a 14 and I'm going to go down. She, yeah, CC drops. CC is knocked unconscious. Yeah, can can I do something kind of cool? Can I at least go down kind of cool? <laughs> um, I think part of why Hamilton and um, Michael uh, Livewire were able to um, avoid it is like Cece instinctively jumped in their direction and got caught more of the tracking of the rockets and wasn't prepared to defend herself. Like she didn't get her hands up or anything. She just took a bunch of the blows and she just drops like. Out cold. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, all right, and then and then we we cut to Quinn. So what is, what does this look like? I'm gonna say that there's going to be like a moment where I kind of dodge uh, most of the blows, but a couple of the blasts, like the periphery, hit uh, hit me, and I look over, and that's when I realize that looks a lot like Charlie, someone that I've known for years, and as I kind of realize what's going on and i'm seeing all these people getting hurt i kind of just lose it 
I lose my grasp. And uh, when I do, oh boy, uh, there's a lot of fire. Uh, I'm basically wreathed in flame as my skin becomes, it kind of takes on the appearance of uh, coal burning with embers. Uh, my hair turns jet black and I take on very feline features in my face. And uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, so I don't know if this will allow it, but I can use infinite powers from my doom track, if you'll allow that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. In that case, I'm going to unleash elemental control. And I'm going to just unleash fire and and just molten lava at this robot. All right. So those of you who are still conscious, you see Quinn become wreathed in flame as she begins to sort of hover off the ground just a little bit. And the change in her appearance is is jarring, as you notice. Flames just begin to pour from her hands, and she opens her mouth, and flames begin to pour out of her mouth. And she is just incinerating this figure. Uh, you watch as the iron begins to twist and melt beneath the heat, and you hear the screams of the person inside of this suit as he is beginning to be immolated from inside of the suit, at, at which point Quinn loses grasp of the powers she is conjuring and kind of stumbles back and falls down, and she is also uh, unconscious momentarily as the heat that has gathered around the now smoldering metal ruins uh, of the suit begins to cool you can hear the person inside the suit still screaming in agony. He's still alive in there. And that's when we see the lights of police vehicles in the background pulling up to the scene. And that's when we cut away to Michael and Sparky, who are currently playing in, uh, playing Frisbee in the quad. Yes. So what does Michael look like in his like regular is he is he basically always wearing his his costume or does he have like regular civilian clothes that he wears? No, he's got regular civilian clothes. He always has well not always, but most of the time has the uh battery backpack with him. He also keeps the gloves in like a little side pocket. But uh right now he's just wearing uh like a light blue t-shirt. It's got a uh cartoon picture of a pizza on it with like an angry face and little stick figure hands put up and it says do you want a pizza me <laughs> other than that he's just wearing like jeans and tennis shoes uh he's yeah he's just thrown the frisbee for sparky who is a very good boy and catching it and bringing it back to him all right, and we 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 now kind of cut to a wide shot, and we see that this is actually taking place a little bit later in the day. The sun's uh, a little a little bit lower in the sky at a point where it's where it's almost dusk, not quite. We see a figure uh, walking toward you from uh, over your shoulder. It is a kind of olive olive skinned woman. She is medium height and she has kind of short black hair that uh is almost like a pixie cut you would recognize her as agata orsini 
or also known as Ephemeral. She is basically your guardian and mentor here at uh, at Paradigm Academy. She was assigned to the group that was uh, the group of you who were brought here after the incident with uh, the Iron Enforcer. She uh, kind of shouts out to you. She says, "You got great form. Uh, I wasn't expecting to see anyone here so early." As he hears the voice behind him, Michael kind of like straightens up. Basically by instinct, he turns around and, like, sticks his hand up to wave. He's like, hi, Ephemeral. I, uh, yeah, I I wasn't sure. Uh, Tried to get here early. Don't want to be late. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, How's Sparky doing? Is he uh, acclimating okay to the school grounds? Yeah, yeah, he's doing good. He's, uh, well, he, he, he peed in my room the other day. Uh... We had to mop, mop that up, but yeah, he's good. He's a good boy. And like Sparky sits next to Michael and Michael reaches down and absentmindedly like scratches behind his ears. She walks up and, and pats him on the head and she says, he is a good boy. Since you're early, is there anything that you want to talk about privately before we uh, get the group therapy and training going? He heaves out a heavy sigh. He's like, I don't like that word, therapy. Uh, no, I'm good, I think. Uh, and he's like, his eyes trail off towards, like, the top of the frame. He's like, are, like, how long are we gonna be in trouble for? She kind of heaves a heavy sigh. Uh, I don't really have a lot of say over it. I can only tell you that my reports back to uh, back to Paradigm have been good. We haven't had a lot of incidents, except for a couple of times that CC's lost control. But uh, other than that, you know, it's it's been pretty easy going. I can only I can only tell you that I'm doing everything I can to make sure that you all aren't stuck here on this island for the rest of your lives, which is not going to happen. That's not what I meant. Um, oh, I mean, I'm, oof, I'm not I'm not good. If I'm a bad, I'm a bad therapist. I don't know why they chose me for this. Uh, <laughs> and she kind of, uh, <laughs> she kind of awkwardly <laughs> giggles. I, I like to, it's cool here. There's like people that fly around and stuff. I mean, like you don't, I mean, you see that in the city, but like not as many people. And like, I don't know. It's, it's awesome. There's like people with powers all around and stuff. And like you're here and Paradigm's here, and there's just, like, all these cool heroes we can learn from, and, like, I mean, I wanted to come here anyway, but I don't have powers. I've just got, like, the backpack, and, yeah. I just don't like people being mad at me. I get it. I understand. I had my fair share of run-ins with the law when I was a kid, so I understand. It's, it's, it's gonna get easier. It's gonna get, it's gonna get better. People will forget what happened, and... You'll be able to lead a, a, a normal life. But for now, and she kind of claps her hands together as we see uh, in the distance the rest of the team making their way to the to the field to join you. For now, we... Oh, what's a better word than group therapy if you don't like group therapy? Uh, for now, we hang out. Yes, that. You watch as she kind of reaches through a portal, like a, like a pocket dimension portal, and pulls out, so pulls out a table... And sets it up and starts putting out snacks for everybody. And she says, hi, everybody. I'm, I'm glad you can make it. Uh, I know that sometimes it can be tough doing a, a full day of school and then coming to these sessions. But I think it's important to grow as people 
and as a team and just to learn to uh, be I, I don't know I'm I got nothing I was trying to come up with something and I just like I said not a great therapist not even a trained therapist I don't know why I'm here anyway you want to hang out hang out Michael cubs his hand around his mouth he's like she means therapy but we don't like that word Cece just rolls her eyes, but is easily swayed by snacks. What kind of snacks are on the table? What is there, what? Because she got whatever everybody likes, uh, including Hamilton. So what's everyone's favorite snack? Michael is wrist deep in a bowl of M&Ms right now. Much to the dismay of everybody, it's actually butterscotch pudding. <laughs> That's somehow worse than the bugs. <laughs> Oh, God, do you put bugs in your butterscotch? I don't want to know. Nope, nope, this is just plain butterscotch pudding. As much as he loves bugs, just this delicacy. Ah, he has never tasted the like before. Uh, So what what about Quinn? What's Quinn's favorite snack? So I imagine, due to the fact that Quinn kind of comes from, like, a very poor household, that it's pretty much just, like, fresh fruit. What about, what about Cece and Charlie? This might not be like actually her favorite snack but i think she told uh ephemeral that she really likes those big like hard sourdough pretzels because she knows it's something she can chew for a while and it's very loud so she can pretend that she didn't hear because she's chewing (laughs) okay I guess Cece and Quinn should bond over this because Cece was in a lab for a long time, basically got bare minimum rations. So she just has like a box of cutie clementines in front of her and is just like peeling them and like pulling out a section, eating it, pull out a section, eat it. Now for our next exercise and before and before uh, Ephemeral gets to what she wants to say, everyone's phones mm-mm, vibrate in their pockets. At the same time, and as you pull them out and look at them, you see uh, a face of a Latinx girl who is live streaming. And she says, Hey guys, it's your girl Paparazzi. I'm live in downtown Zenith Bay where the synthesizer has just appeared for another pop-up concert. Anybody who's anybody is here right now. And if you're not here, you're a loser. Stay tuned to my feed for live updates and candid photos. Love ya! That was so exciting! I can't wait to hear what happens next. What? I know! Who knew a group of kids at school could be so interesting? But maybe we should tell the people why we're here? Oh, right. This is King Lizard. And the Gizzard Wizard. And you're listening to the outro. Blomp Paradigm Academy is produced, edited, and GM'd by Thomas Fleming. He can be found on Twitter, at DorksideVO. Sound engineering is done by Patrick Benina of Petronic27 Productions. Find him on Twitter, at Petronic27, or on YouTube by searching Petronic27 Productions. Cece is played by Caitlin Cornell, who will be releasing an Urban Shadows actual play soon. She can be found on Twitter, at SuperCaitlin1. Hamilton is played by DJ Giles. He can be found on Twitter, at DocDooter. Charlie is played by Vanessa Haas, who has been a guest player on Corpses and Curios podcast. She can be found on Twitter, at AlpacaMyBooks. Quinn is played by Weaver Randolph from the LGBTND podcast. She can be found on Twitter, at uh underscore apocalypse. 
Michael is played by Andy Stade from the LGBT and DM Poplar Kids podcast. He can be found on Twitter at AndyLion92. Did you enjoy the ad for Rascal King's Animal Husbandry Kit? Well, that was provided to us by our friends at Moon Harbor Heroes Podcast. Moon Harbor Heroes is a Masks of New Generation actual play podcast available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. They release an issue each Monday and Wednesday with two primary groups of teenage superheroes, Faces and Cataclysm Crew, as well as several smaller spin-off comic lines. You can follow them on Twitter at Moon Harbor Cast or on Facebook at Moon Harbor Heroes. You can follow us on Twitter at ParadigmePod1. And if you like what you hear and you want to help support us, you can find us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash papod. Our theme music is Superpower Cool Dude by Kevin MacLeod. Mass the New Generation was created by Brendan Conway and distributed by Magpie Games. Ho. <laughs> you can't just say that, Hamilton. <laughs> what? Well, wow. I, uh... Okay, sorry. Howdy. Better. Better. Okay. Just quick question. Is that normally how like Hamilton greets people? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm working on it with him. <laughs> But if you put bugs in it, it could be bugger scotch pudding. Oh my god, get out of here. I literally, I was trying to send that before you said it, but my chat <laughs> was too slow. Great minds.